Welcome back to the Meted Podcast. I'm Jimmy, and joining me today is Thomas Loop, also known as First Son, almost below purgatory. Like, I don't know. He's he's a musician, works on games, works on his own independent music stuff, and I'm happy to have him on the show today. Hi, Thomas. Hey, hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. So... To preface this whole episode, Thomas and I did talk before, but the audio is in hell and is burning. So <laughs> we're going to give like a recap of what we did talk about because it was kind of funny to me, at least. I don't know. But either way, the the weirdest thing we did talk about was like Garth Brooks slash Chris Gaines. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> so if that's any like consolation for how crazy our talk was, then... I mean, I guess you could, you should Google Chris Gaines to kind of even know what we're talking about. But so we talked about Thomas's previous projects, working on games, how he kind of got into tiny bits of coding here and there, like putting music in games, uh, the natural selection Two project he was helping with his whole kind of journey from Florida to, you know, hop it, state hopping, all around that stuff. Uh, what else did we get? Your 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 early Counter Strike days. Oh man! Uh, for competitive Counter Strike, it's it's it was a it was a good long talk, and I'm sorry y'all will never ever hear it. But we're gonna talk today about what's new in Thomas's life as far as making music and other stuff, and that's pretty much it. That it was it was a great talk, and it's in hell now. So. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. We can talk about Chris Gaines some more. <laughs> I think I think Chris Gaines might come up again because I did Google it again today and I was like, this is real. It is this real. This is a real man changed his he was like a shapeshifter. He changed his face. He grew a weird a weird slug crawled up his chin and was like, I'm facial hair. And then yeah. he made different music that sounds super different than what you would think Garth Brooks would sound like. Yeah, it wasn't Garth Brooks at all. It was So I mean that was how did we even get on that conversation? Was it like a transformative talk we were talking about? I know like, exactly how we got there. So I, I, I think during the last talk we, we I was talking about imposter syndrome. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how I suffer a lot from that. Um, I, I I still do from time to time. And I think it's uh, it's healthy to to a normal extent to, to kind of feel like your work is never finished. It's never good enough. But uh, I think sometimes I let it slip a little bit too far. And that's how I think. So, somehow in there, I, <laughs> I got to thinking about it and it reminded me. Right. You know, as a kid, I was I was seeing, you know, uh, Chris Gaines and I was like, what the heck is this? Uh, yeah, yeah, that looks yeah, like yeah. Garth Brooks. And I, I, I'll never forget Lo it. Somebody told me. Yeah. Somebody told me it's like, that is Garth Brooks. <laughs> and I was like, nah. And they're like, yes, it is. So I feel like that is like a perfect example of somebody like Garth Brooks, who is like extremely famous and wealthy and I don't know. He's, he's famous. People know about Garth Brooks. And to to have that imposter syndrome, even with his, like, popular stat- status, to be like, I don't know if what I'm doing is 
good is what I want to be doing is like fulfilling and then to like completely 180 be like I'm Chris Gaines now let's see if this <laughs> yeah yeah like I'm let's the, see if I'm this imposter Batman. of myself <laughs> is uh, I, I'm not wearing hockey pants like I don't I don't know it's it I I totally didn't even mean to like erase the whole the, the important a huge important and like deep part that we talked about was struggling with imposter syndrome never knowing if what you're doing is fulfilling for yourself if people enjoy what you put out it like as a creative person it's that constant struggle between like like depression of releasing anything you're like why am i even putting out music podcasts games like anything if there isn't like some return to me or you know yourself and that return isn't always something physical or even like mental like it's never or at least a lot of the times it's never something you can even tangibly find but you're just like I guess it's there yeah I guess there's something pushing me towards finishing something yeah I, I think uh, for for most artists when when they first start out you're you're making music that you enjoy and that you think others would enjoy too Mm -hmm. And when you initially release that music, if I mean when when anyone starts out, there's really no one there listening. So Definitely, there's yeah. there's no kind of instant feedback to let you know that what you're doing is is resonating with anyone else. Mm -hmm. And you could go through you know five or ten years of that, and and there there will just be no response. And so you you really begin to think, well, you know, it, it, is my music just not good enough, or am I just not marketing myself right, um, or just does everything suck? And so there's lots of little things that play into you kind of doubting yourself to the point where you, you end up, you know, maybe even you know giving up, mm -hmm. or or. You know, for some people, that just makes them look at everything a little bit more logically. But I, I remember for me, it was at the very beginning, I understood that I was releasing music that I didn't think anyone was going to listen to. And I, <laughs> I always had the impression and I always told myself, well, it's just a hobby. You know, um, you know during the time when I really started getting real heavy into releasing a lot of my music, I was stationed at Fort Hood and okay, I was, okay. I was full-time army. So I had, you know, I had a day job. I had a full-time job that took up all my time. Right. And, and so the music as a hobby thing was my way of saying, yeah, I'm really passionate about this, but if I get too passionate about it, um, not getting the results that I want quick enough could deter me and, and hurt me personally to the point where I just, you know, I'm feeling mentally devastated about it all. So I always, oh, definitely. always kind of forced myself to, to believe that it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, I could take the music seriously, but once it was out there, that was it. You know, if it caught on, it caught on. And if it didn't, 
it wasn't a big deal. There's no loss. I was still, I still had a day job and I was making money and it wasn't such a big deal. I know. I, it, it's crazy because it, it seems like that's how, like, that's like every musician's or even like any artist creative story is I wanted to make thing and, but like I had a, a job to fall back on, on the farm or something, you know, something like that where it's, it's always, it, it's crazy that the human condition for us is like hobbies are these creative things. And then there's that, I don't it's, it's so weird because like every creative field has that stigma of competitiveness to where if, if you aren't 100% the best at what you do, then there's 80,000 other people above you like that are just going to like weigh you down to zero. So, and it's like, if you, if you mentally think that way about, how you're releasing music or again, anything like podcasts, like why am I doing this podcast? There's like, you're already defeating yourself. There's 10 million other podcasts. Like, why am I doing this anyways? Cause yours is the best. I still do it. This is the best. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously I'm already, I'm the cream of the crop. I'm the top. I'm, (laughs) I'm the best one. I mean, obviously I don't think that. Why else would I be here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, actually, Thomas, we're canceling this episode. Oh, no. uh, none, neither of us are the best anymore. Was it because um, I mentioned Chris Gaines again? <laughs> as soon as we mentioned Chris Gaines, we're like, ah, this episode's yeah, this cursed. Is bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it comes back to like if you put yourself in that mindset of you're the like I'm the worst. It, I don't know. It's like. Again, it's hard not to fall into that pit. That's that's what we were talking about. We're yeah, like yeah. struggling out of that it's, pit. Yeah, it's kind of having that defeatist mentality out of the gate so that when shit hits the fan, you're not upset about it as much. Yeah, you're not let down. You, exactly. You, you kind of are like, yeah, I don't really expect a whole lot. You know, really deep, deep down... You really hope something amazing happens. I know, right? But on the surface, you you're just shoving it, you know, from the surface down as deep as you can get it to dig. That it's not going to be successful. You're not going to get any kind of reaction, and that should be your default kind of approach to it. So that when it doesn't happen, um, you're not so devastated by it. Um, right, but that but that's what's so crazy yeah. is if you you acknowledge that deep deep down drive to be better and get better at what you're putting out. Like, yes, it is deep deep deep. It's like oh layers deep. Yeah, it's really oh. down there. It's it's, really it's down with there. the magma. It's very yeah. low. <laughs> it's it's in the core of your like being of like musicians who are good at music, who are bad at music, who do music, regardless of that. Like, if you're a musician, there's something about making music that music is a sh- is a shared medium. Like, you pe- people listening to music is the way that you receive feedback, regardless of if they write reviews or anything about it. It's like, if someone listens to your song or listens to anything that you've made, then that's, that's like, you've, you've done it. And if it, that's, that's the point where you're like, 
there's no feedback with just like someone listening to your music good or good bad either way you're just like oh someone listened to it i don't know what to feel and yeah, so yeah you go from that yeah you you go from having that that burning passion really deep down um and kind of like trying to hold it back um and just using it to to fuel creativity mm-hmm. um to releasing something and then when it gets the attention that you didn't expect you're you're pleasantly surprised but you're also kind of um skeptical right about, that's when the imposter uh, yeah, syndrome yeah kicks in. you're skeptical about whether that success is is deserved um you know whether that'll happen ever again and i i think you know again with all of it, it, it there's a there's a healthy amount that i think that skepticism can bring there there's definitely, oh, a, definitely. A, a healthy dose to to have um right. i think that that kind of fuels the creativity and keeps you focused on what matters most which is mm-hmm. is is the music but yeah. at the same time if you let it kind of take control of the whole thing and you kind of let that drive your creativity and you're never kind of, you never stop and, and are pleasantly surprised when things actually work out, then there's really no way to, to ever judge any kind of success at all. Right. You know, because you're, you're really, what you're just, what really what you're doing is you're comparing yourself consistently with the biggest names out there and you're like, well, I'm never going to do that. Yeah. And so the futility yeah, of you're, that. You're, you're constantly comparing. And meanwhile, you're, you're sitting there and you're getting, you're going from, you know, 10 listens a week to a hundred listens to a week to a thousand listens a week. And you mm-hmm. can't even take a second to realize that that's even happening because you're still comparing everything to these, these bigger names. And that's right. your ultimate goal. And yeah, as far number as, one on Spotify, yeah, millions one, It's it's kind of like, well, why bother? But really, you just kind of have to stop and, and back up and and realize your your scope in the past and where you are now, and judge those two numbers um, to really get kind of the worth out of it all. Definitely, there's a curve. It's exponential, linear. It doesn't matter. There's improvement. It's marked. Yeah, mine's definitely a seesaw. <laughs> it's 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 up you're all over the place yeah it's it's really crazy i can't figure it out um you know, <laughs> one track does really well the other one the next one is like uh meh and then the the next one comes out and, and everyone's you know goes crazy over it uh, yeah there's there's no method to the madness i guess yeah but i mean that that feels that feels normal like putting out a podcast i'm like i don't know why this episode has more listens than the previous one i uh, i don't know what people like people like some things that i don't understand that's kind of just life <laughs> yeah yeah it's sure. like you making a thing and then people are like meh or oh or Mm-mm. and then you're like oh okay <laughs> yeah you i usually get the Mm-mm, but uh, <laughs> but occasionally i get the huh so yeah you get like a questioning like okay hmm yeah if I if yeah. I, I think if I speak enough about Chris Gaines 
we we might be able to get them a little bit. We're more like summoning intrigued. him in like a summoning circle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Bring the Ouija board next time or so. Oh wait, he's not, he's not dead. So the Ouija he's not board dead, <laughs> but he will apparate. He's yeah. not dead. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but he will like. It's me, Chris Gaines. Yeah, well, maybe we can. Suck I'm Australian. The, the the soul out of him and pull the kind of like. You know, bipolar, pull the Chris Gaines part out of him. And oh, yeah. You pull the, the, the weird ego out of him. The weird chin strappy thing off. <laughs> it went, and you put it on yourself, and you're like, ash. suddenly, <laughs> suddenly I am talented, Chris Gaines. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, the imposter syndrome stuff, though, that, that's why I always think of him. And it was like, look, you're so successful. It. He was so yeah. successful as Garth Brooks. And and then he did this thing, and I, I always wondered, still to this day, like why, what tr- I know. what triggered in his I, mind to make him say like that's not enough, or that's you know that's not good enough, or that's not what I want to be. Yeah, you know, have there been interviews? Maybe, probably, because I feel like it wasn't even a conspiracy. It was just like, oh, Chris Gaines is Garth Brooks for a year or, I, or whatever. And then he went back and everyone was just like, that was weird, Garth Brooks. Why did you do that? And I feel like that's just like a fucking yeah, Regis yeah. Philman. Like somebody asked him that fucking question. Yeah, like, like I, I feel Garth like. Garth Brooks, what the fuck, dude? Maybe that's what, what actually went down. But but as I recall it, I mean, this was when I was, I don't know. probably. Oh, it was like seven years later. You're like, what? Yeah, it was like 15 or 16, maybe even younger <laughs> when I when I found out about it. And. I mean, the internet was still kind of slow. It was slow. Yeah, it was really, really slow. Um, yeah, that's fair. And it was very dial-up-y. So I, I think uh, maybe DSL was around uh, around that okay. time. So it, was, it, it wasn't terrible, but I think that's right around the time where information really began to flow. But I think it was, it was around that time. I think people had the idea but they didn't right. have the way to share that that's what it... What, what there was no Reddit yet. Yeah. I think it was like, it didn't there was a Garth Brooks enough. fan forum. <laughs> right, right. And it didn't reach, it didn't, nobody from the Chris Gaines fan forum and the Garth Brooks fan forum, like... Like, hey, were, you seeing this shit? Are you, are you seeing <laughs> this? Yeah. Are they were two very discreet websites, <laughs> and they never right, right, yeah. One goes to the other. Like, uh, you're seeing what we're seeing, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We're <laughs> reporting uh, the same thing you are. Yeah, we're hearing what you're hearing. It's Garth Brooks as Chris Gaines. Yeah, I, the just, music. I don't think that the message spread fast enough for people to really pick up on it until, until it was too late. Yeah, until he was already Garth Brooks again, and you're like, I. I uh, it's it's still like so weird. It's just so strange for a, such a big name. Uh, yeah, I, I still wonder. I feel like day. that's just the power of imposter syndrome, though. Is like, no matter how big you are, you can feel that it's not not enough. Like, yeah, not enough. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so never speaking of Chris Gaines again. Maybe we'll touch on him <laughs> again at the end. All right. <laughs> What what have been some of your, I don't know. I I kind of want to touch back on uh, Monster Training Academy music that you were working on. I I know you haven't made any more tracks, but I'm still like compared to your first son, chill, IDM stuff. You make like a cool Harry Potter ish kind of theme song for this game that isn't released, but it's being worked on with. Ghibli style artwork. It's 
really a cool concept, and your music for it, again, like, nailed it. So I remember last time you were saying you did it in, like, one session. You're like, I don't know if this is good or bad or if they're going to like it, if it's what they want, and they just had you tweak, like, a few things. So I feel like how how does it feel when you're... I, I guess I, I might have asked this, but again, new, that one's in hell. How does it feel when you're making music for yourself versus when you have like a project or like for a game or something that you're working on that has like specific outlines for kind of what you're doing? That's a good question. I don't, I don't think I've ever been asked that. And it seems like it should be obvious that it, it should have been asked at some point, but <laughs> Um, honestly, I feel no different when, when I'm creating music that, that I'm kind of spearheading for personal projects versus Mm -hmm. doing other stuff. I think what made, uh, Monster Training Academy such a good fit was that I'm just such good friends with, with Aubrey and, and Brian Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they feel like long lost brothers to me and (laughs) it, it just... We, we all kind of get each other. Um, we respect each other uh, very much. And for some reason, when when I work on MTA, I, I feel like that is my personal project. It feels like... I gotcha. Like I'm in kind of the, the driver's seat of the music, even if they're asking for you know, a specific kind of music or a specific kind of thing. And I think it's just mostly because I'm so excited about the idea of what monster training Academy is. And, Mm -hmm. and because I'm excited, I have ideas and I have, um, little melodies in my head that, that are just, you know, dying to, to get out and, and be heard. And that is kind of how I've always written my music is I'm very different from most people. You know, most people will do, they do music as a job and they don't enjoy it or they enjoy it to the extent up until something is, you know, there's a deadline and then it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh no, you know, I've got to, I've got to come out with another 12 bars of, you know, a transition. But I never create music when I'm not excited to create music or I'm not inspired and have something in my mind that, that wants to come out. Mm -hmm. And so I don't force myself to create when I'm not feeling creative. Mm -hmm. And for MTA, um, it's just such an, an awesome concept of a game that I had all these ideas just kind of lined up as soon as, you know, was as soon as they asked me, like, "Hey, you want to create the music for the game?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." You know, I've got <laughs> I got ideas here and ideas there. So as soon as I started nice. working on the the theme song for it, um, there was little to no changes really that um, from from its inception to to completion. I think maybe I changed you know one one thing that kind of just didn't sound right. Um, mm-hmm. which I agreed absolutely that it didn't, it wasn't sounding right. And then it came out and, and everybody was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and it, it felt, it felt amazing. And I think that that's only because 
I was really excited to make something that sounded good and fit it really well. So I think it's important to be really just as passionate about the projects that you're working on. It's not just another gig that you're doing. It's not just, you know, money in your pocket just because you need to pay the bills. You need to, I mean, this is art. So you can't phone it in. Right. Yeah. You, you really need to kind of be in touch with, with the creativity and the idea of, of what you're creating the music for in the first place. And if it's not there, then you should either be honest and say, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not feeling that. Um, maybe give me a little bit more time or just say that you can't do it because you're, you're just not into it and that's okay. You know, I think, you know, a lot of artists would, would kill me if they could respond right now and saying that, you know, why would you ever turn that? Like, no, you never turn down a gig, you know? Right. But, but the truth is really, is that sometimes you should, um, if you don't feel like you can come up with the creative idea to give it justice, then I think you should let someone else that, that can find that vision for it do that. And I'm just really happy that MTA, um, clicked for me really really well yeah i mean I, I feel like that is kind of good advice for again like any creative if you like ever are feeling like it's going to be the the time you phone it in like maybe take a step back and like delay your acceptance of the job or like rethink it or again yeah like pass it off to somebody else or find something that actually gets you excited to do it exactly in the first place but i I feel like, yeah, it's kind of like an oxymoron because, of course, people are going to, like, they're like, crucify Thomas. He told us to turn down music that we, like, should we, music, like, if we are making music, then that's making money. And it's like, that's how America works. Yeah. And I feel like it's reinforcing that system of subpar things being made not subpar it's such like a boring way to even put it well you're just kind of going through the motions you know as yeah, an artist I, I'm, I'm trying to liken it to something else like if a, a like a famous movie producer like if John Williams phoned it in I feel like we'd be able to know if yeah. like for yeah. the last Star Wars like John Williams just kind of like didn't want to do it and it like it's, like, look, it's still we've done his this name theme 5000 times I, I just <laughs> I'm going to add 5 yeah, minutes so to it now and we're going to That's what's crazy is like even in solo a Star Wars story or something like that and it's like John Williams doing the soundtrack new songs in the Star Wars universe and it sounds great and they're snappy and they fit the mood of the movie and stuff like that. So it's like, it's like if, if, uh, yeah, I guess if John Williams phoned it in, you would know. And yeah, that would be like, it could ruin the entire film. If John Williams was just like, I don't really, I don't really want to do this one. You're like, give it to fucking my Michael Giacchino or something. Give it to, there's like Joe Paisano. I don't know. There's a billion different composers. I don't know. Well, absolutely. Well, if you really think about it, um, you know, he's got a lot of credits, but when yeah. you really think about how long he's been doing music, uh, infinite long, yeah, John, infinite John Williams long. never, he's a vampire. He never ages. Yeah. But when you, when you think about the credits and everything that was so popular about what he created, 
you think of things like what Jurassic Park, you know, you think of oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know Star Wars, you think yeah. of, I mean these these are blockbuster hits, partly due in you know to him his theming yeah, but there weren't that many titles. You know, you had E.T. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in the great yeah. scheme of things, it was kind of E.T., Star Wars, Jurassic yeah. Park. I mean, you can name a handful of them, but you can probably only name about ten of them throughout his entire career that really just, yeah. when you played it, you're like, oh, that's Yeah. That's like, Williams. this soundtrack yeah, is that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, um, so, I, I feel like he did that, too, right? I mean, he definitely did a lot with Spielberg, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he chose Spielberg in a lot of cases because mm-hmm. the things that Spielberg was passionate about, he also he resonated with. That. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was Dude. able to find that creativity. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm sure he's turned down lots oh, and lots of, of, of movies. And it's it's not that he couldn't make an amazing soundtrack for it. It's just that he wasn't into it. Didn't have the passion for it. Right. Yeah. And and someone else could probably, you know, do it way better. You know, yeah. the world will never know. But I, I would assume that, especially you, when you have the opportunity to turn down stuff and you're not going to financially break the bank. Exactly. You can, <laughs> yeah, you you're not going to get evicted if yeah, you don't pick it, up it this job. It becomes less yeah. of a problem at that point. Um, yeah. And then you don't have... You know, people telling you like, "What? Why would you ever say no?" You know, but I really still believe that even as an indie artist, it it, it makes sense. Yeah, you, to not you, take everything. You, yeah, yeah, you have to pay the bills and stuff. Yeah, sure. But would you rather pay the bills with some stuff that you're like, "Yeah, I'm just you know, I got to make the music. Um, it sounds okay, um, but it's you know, it's not anything that I would be super excited to tell people about." Like, you yeah. should never feel that way about any of your work. You should always be super excited about it, and it, you should be passionate about it, and you should be um, really excited to share that with the whole world. And yep. I feel like if you if you don't feel that way, there's someone else out there that probably could resonate with it more and, and you know, do it better justice. And, and you should do that for the yeah. sake of, of, of the art of the movie, of the media, whatever, whatever it is, if it's a game, if it's a movie, whatever it is, you should try to, to give it what it deserves. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's one of the great things I've found on like using, using a service like Spotify is I, I only used to know like maybe three, I, I was like three video game artists or whatever, like, you know, Jeremy Soul, Skyrim, whatever, Enon Zer, Fallout series, etc. like that. And then Spotify comes out, it, artists, what is it? There's like people who like this artist also like these artists that are similar or they make video game music, stuff like that. So I've compiled like huge lists just on Spotify alone of a ton of people that I've never heard of before, but they've like scored some of my favorite games that I've heard of. They've scored games that I haven't played, but the soundtracks are so good that I'm like, maybe I should play this game. Yeah. And so it's like using tools like that to discover people who you never would like 
ever once think made me like I don't know it's crazy even like even using Twitter searching hashtags for people scoring music and stuff the internet makes it so easy to find it's again it's it's a dual-edged sword you have infinite access to like a library of people who are willing and able to make music for you and maybe it's exactly what you would need for your game this or that vice versa but also it's so much like there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who have access to music software and are talented and shit like that so again it it boils down to like i I feel like it it sucks but it boils down to like getting like luck like you kind of it's definitely know people it's who you know but that that sucks like that sucks to me to just say that yeah no but it's true um you know 15 years ago it was a very different story right where i think if you wanted to land a gig you sent in a tape and hoped for the best right and now it's kind of like you you just you just talk to them on twitter yeah you know and it's like hey do you need music yeah here's my whole thing yeah, here's my sound class. Yeah, here's everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, that now that everyone has that ability to do it, you know, artists are a, a dime a dozen. And, and all of them are really talented. And there are some that are just absolutely horrible. But, <laughs> I, mean, you, I mean, most people can tell the yeah, difference. Yeah, you get the full spectrum. Right. And, I mean, but it's, it's overwhelming. It's it's really overwhelming as compared to how it was then. Um, you know, I remember David Brevik, the creator of Diablo, talking about this. Um, <clears throat> Matt uh, Ullman. Uh-huh. I think I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his last name. He, uh, this was you know somewhere 1996 or something. He recorded a, a lot of his music. He'd heard that David was doing Diablo and he recorded mm-hmm. a like a little tape and he sent it to David and said, Hey, look, I know you're looking for music for the game. Have a listen to my, you know, tape or whatever, and then, you know, my numbers on the back or whatever and just give me a call. And David's <laughs> Here's like, my resume. Yeah, yeah. It's on a and, tape. And, and but the thing is, is like nobody else had sent him a tape. And David uh, hadn't even thought about at the time, like he hadn't music, even thought of yeah. it. He's like, yeah, I'm not even worried about that. Like, yeah, whatever. And he kind of just threw the tape over to the side and was like, meh. But, you know, Matt got a hold of him again and said, you know, hey, have you had it, you know. Did you get that tape? Did you get that tape? Have you listened to yeah. it? You know, but it was just him speaking directly to him uh, in whatever way that he could. And, uh, yeah, David's like, nah, I, I, I haven't had a chance. You know, it's just kind of blowing him off. And he's like, but I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I'll listen to it. And then he listened to it and he was like, holy crap, this is good. Right. This is really good. Uh, and then he got him in and, you know, Diablo would not be Diablo without Rogue or, you know, the, the encampment music. I Seriously. Mean, that, that shit gives me chills when I listen yeah. to it still. That's to this an incredible day. soundtrack. It's, it's amazing. Yep. But, but you know, comparing that to today, it's kind of like uh, you just kind of turn the megaphone on 
via Twitter and you're like, yeah. hey, I'm I'm looking for music for my game and it's like, ah, ah, and they're like, do they come out like termites out of a, a piece of wood and yeah like, and you're like actually can you email it to me and everyone's already like replying and you're like shit you're like uh guys i only have time to 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 find one uh yeah. there are 300 of you and so now with like this oversaturation a lot of people just kind of feel like you know why even bother you know i don't yeah. want i don't want to be that that 300th person that's like just throwing his shit out there for in just to see what sticks. Yeah. And so I'm really happy that I've had the personal, I kind of wanted to go the other route, you know, the kind of the Matt Ullman route, which is, you know, really just, even if I don't know them, be real personable with them and yeah. kind of talk to them one-on-one. And if they can't, if they can't give me that kind of time, then maybe um, I'm not right for the job. And, right. you know, if they if they have the time to listen to my stuff and they find it interesting enough to come and talk to me about it, that's that's when I'm really interested. I just kind of I like dealing with stuff, the, the kind of the old school way. Old where, school. Yeah. You <laughs> just kind of face. You, yeah. You network with people, you know, personally and and you kind of jam out on some of your music or yeah. you know you share common interest and and then you let them know like hey I, I i do music too and you know this is what i'm doing and if if they're jamming to it then you've got a deal you know and yeah. i i just kind of like that a little bit more because i i feel it's more personable and um i feel like nobody has to feel like they're just throwing their shit out and and hitting the wall and seeing if you know the noodle sticks definitely yeah i I, it comes back to the passion thing because if you're reaching out to someone it's obviously that's the great thing about a lot of indie devs too is when they when they are sharing you know devlogs and gifts and screenshot saturday stuff like that that's like one-to-one this is what their game is going to look like a musician such as yourself anybody you know can look at like a ninja like slicing a guy in half and his like body falls off and you're like fuck and that's just like not just a mental image but something that like again you you visually saw it this is something you could score and you reach out to them it's right yeah it's there's something that triggers in your brain that's like this is mine you know this is this is i should be doing this and yeah. I'll be honest, my big dream right now is um, I'm hoping that they re, uh, I'm hoping that Midway reboots Blood. The Blood mm. the Blood games. Um, okay. Blood and Blood 2 The Chosen. And I've had the opportunity to work with Lonnie Manella before and I've talked to Jay Wilson as well. Hey. Um, and and you know, like I said, hey, I really wish that you guys would, would try and, and push to get Blood a blood rework or, or some kind of reboot right, done. remaster. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I love the game so much. Um, I was talking to another friend about this not too long ago, but, uh, you know, if you've ever had the opportunity to play the, the blood games, Caleb, the main character in that game is just super, uh, he's like Duke Nukem meets like an asshole in a trench coat. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like what an interesting combination. It, it's, yeah, it's it's insane. He's he's got that like real dickhead attitude, you know. Right. Like, um, I'm chewing bubble gum. Yeah, he's yeah he's got that mentality, but he but he's more edgy. He's a uh, lot more edgy about it. He's real kind of um, uh, 
He's you so know, edgy. It's like Dirty Harry. You know, it's like, okay, it's, okay. It's how he's just too time. cool. Kitty's yeah, the bad man is here, and you know, he gets out and he <laughs> and he's got like dual Berettas, and he's just like, duh, 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 duh. and and I love that as a kid. I'll never forget. I think it was 1997 or 1998 when it came out, uh, and I I just I remember coming up in the elevator in the game. And he said, you know, it's howdy duty time, kiddies. The bad man is here. <laughs> and there was this terrible elevator music playing in the background as he's going. He's like, uh, I can't stand this shit, you know. Oh, and then he gets to the top and he just starts blasting heads. And I will never forget that for the rest of my life. And God, that's great. I heard Lonnie's voice in that game. Uh, Jay Wilson, who worked on Diablo 3. Uh, he was one of the, I believe at the time, was one of the, either the main programmers or was involved in it uh, in a it really a big, big way. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm a, bi- I'm a big fan of both Lonnie and Jay. And I just, I had to bug him and I was like, look, here's the deal, okay? We got to get blood, you know, we got to get a reboot done, but here's the catch. You got to recommend me for the music. Yeah. I like, want, long-time I fan, want, first-time listener, it, first-time caller. Yeah, it's like, look, I'm the one. You don't realize how bad. I'm coming to you. I want this reboot to happen so badly that I'm coming to both of you and getting you to talk to each other. And you're like, you know what? That's not such a bad idea. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad that you both agree with that. I also agree with that. So why don't you, when, when that happens, you just tell them, I have a great idea for someone talented composer named tall and then they're like yeah "Mm, and then they're like yeah that that's probably what will happen but that's the thing is that that is that is the beauty of this networking you know if i hadn't worked on combat i wouldn't have or ns2 i i wouldn't have had the opportunity to work with lonnie and it's kind of ridiculous now that i think about it but i grew up playing you know shooter games like unreal and quake and blood and doom and I never knew that that was Lonnie's voice. And then, you know, yeah. 15 years later, I'm working with her on Natural Selection 2 and NS2 Combat. Shit. And it's like, oh. Like a living full, legend. <laughs> full circle, man. Let me tell you, the shit that got me into making music in the first place were these games. Of course, yeah. And to be working with someone who was involved with those games is yeah. just an direct abs- inspiration. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, bam, full circle, instant inspiration. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I'll always remember. It's something that I can never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, not only because I, do, I would not want to forget that, but it's impossible to forget something that changed your life and really put you you know, where you are like today. on your track. Yeah. yeah. You know, it got me into making music. They were the reasons why yeah. I created w- the music. That's and so, so to work with them, it was like, this totally makes everything worth it, you know? Yeah. So to work with her again, um, to hopefully work with Jay one day, um, that's a, that's a big games, dream for you. That's a huge dream for me. Yeah. I would love to do that. We'll, we'll never know, but I really want to get into doing some more kind of heavy, yeah. heavy I think metal that'd be stuff. Great. I think that's also a great uh, just like commentary on remakes and remasters in general because 
for instance, like the Link's Awakening remaster for Switch is coming out at some point this year, 2019. I don't fucking know. And that game came out in 1991. So I grew up with Link's Awakening being like hugely intensely. I think it's our first episode. Like it's the very first episode of Meta is about Link's Awakening. It's like, hey, we're going to talk about this game that maybe none of you. Yeah. 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 Like maybe no one's heard of it, but we're just going to talk about it for an hour. I don't know. So the fact that it's getting a remaster means that like kids like me or, you know, people whose lives were changed by that game, its soundtrack, its gameplay mechanics and went on to work for Nintendo get to like remake that game with their own vision, their own look and feel and stuff like that. So it's it's so cool to me that something like a remaster for a game like Blood for you would be your like keystone, like finally a game you can work on. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like theoretically. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I'm done. I did it. I'm, I'm good. Like yeah, if I I'm somehow there. was on the track to work on the remake for Link's Awakening, I'd be like... Yeah, okay, like, this is it. I'm yeah, d- not <laughs> like, just that, but it, when you really think about it, right? Like, when you're a kid and you're in, you're so inspired that you get into doing those things, yeah. and then you get to work with those people to create new things that go on then again to inspire young people yeah. to be inspired to create things. Like it's a, it's cycle, a beautiful circle. I love that's, it. That's all I've ever wanted in my entire life. I think that if I could do that and I could have, this is going to sound like, I guess, I, I don't want to sound too like conceited about it, you know, but say it, Thomas, I, just, I, I want, I want a small child to come up to me and be like, I got into music because of you. See, I feel like that's just the dream for any creative is yeah, I, to I be an inspiration is. to someone. I, I think that's it, it is, too. I think it and is, And I too, feel like yeah, there was even a recent kids. interview with some... Uh, not interview. There was an old book with the Disney storyboarders and animators, and there was a conversation where one of them said, like, do you think anyone will remember us? And one of them said something to the effect of they're already talking about us or of course, or it was like very positive and uplifting and it was retweeted by all these, uh, animators and storyboarders and shit like that, where they're like, of course we looked at like your, your work as this, as this creative because you inspired us, even if you didn't know. And again, that brings up the whole issue of like, you would never... I, a kid coming up to you means that you're somewhere in public, Thomas. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, going up to, you're going to every convention now trying to get children. <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just... It, it's totally that. It's like even the biggest Disney storyboarders and stuff had this thought in the back of their mind. like, And they had no I, answer to it, did they? They, they had no answer to it yeah. because they were nameless. They showed up in the credits for split second you know right. it's it's yeah, the way the kids don't go hey yeah i want to be that guy wait 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 yeah. it's coming up it's coming up it's coming up yeah there he is that's the i want to be best boy number three right. let me get let me talk with that guy yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i want to be so, the, uh, the the grip the guy. yeah let's get the key grips <laughs> yeah, all the, the key, key grips <laughs> i'm going to interview all the key grips <laughs> no offense so, to any key grips listening to the podcast no um. of course if you're a key grip and you were inspired by other key grips in 
credit sequences, then good on you, man. I mean, that's Woman that's really otherwise. just it. I think that the the cake really is just um, completing the circle. I mean, there's Definitely. really there's really no other way to to say you're there or that you've done it than remembering what got you there and getting someone else there. I really, I just really feel that. I think that that's my ultimate. You made it. And I think until I until I am able to get that, I'm just gonna keep pushing keep, for it. Yeah, keep I'm working keep on it. There you go. Yeah. And I mean that's that's a that's a noble goal is to just inspire a next generation. I feel like that should be everybody's like top tier thing to do is just like a not be a dick and b get somebody on the track that you were on and be it a different way because i mean think the way things are happening every day changes be inspired to inspire yeah exactly like inspired to inspire is great with that let's shift gears i remember talking about daft punk stealing (laughs) random access memories from you oh man i have forgotten that we talked about that i know right we just hit on so many things and it's all like flooding back yeah that's a true story um, yeah, just, so you had your album, which is now titled Nerd Language, but you had released it f- firstly and foremostly as Random Access Memories. I had my whole defense of Random Access Memories actually being like a cool love story to music, et cetera. It's, it's, it's good music. <laughs> it's, it is good. Um, you say with like sass, just yeah, a I'm, thousand meters of sass. Yeah, I, I've got the thousand yard stare going on, but yep. you know... Um, Daft Punk is they're amazing. Um, I know it, it's stuff, they were doing stuff at the time that other other electronic artists weren't doing, and they really yeah. kind of capitalized on the French house. Uh, I, if folk. they showed their faces, I think kids would approach them and say, "You've inspired me." Well, they definitely inspired a lot of the stuff that I did early on, especially with um, with their work on. I know it's kind of weird, but I didn't really. I didn't mind their music before, but when I heard some of the music that they did for the Tron remake, oh yeah, I really kind of fell in love with the grid. Um, yeah, it was something different from them, and it wasn't just you know like this house funk, you know French house music that you you come to know from Daft Punk. It was something completely different. I was like, what the hell is this? this is like old synth. You know, like, old synth music, you know, like, I didn't know that Daft Punk could do this. I thought the only thing they could do was chop up, you know, like, their vocals and make funky bass lines, which, you know, they, that's good. But then you had Tron, yeah. and it was like, there was these crazy synth stuff, and it felt really computery, um, very yeah. retro and kind of 80s vibe. Yeah. And it, it was super awesome. So I was absolutely inspired. I think I actually did a remix of The Grid at some point. Nice. But, yeah. It, yeah, it it's a amazing. phenomenal soundtrack. It's, of course, it inspired. I, I bet a lot of people. I mean, I, I still listen to this to it to this day. It's it's so good. They just like crushed those like any drums in it are like just like crushed to fucking hell. And you're like, yes, yeah, this they're, is so, they're good. so good. They're so good. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just still upset with them that. <laughs> You know, the whole idea of my album for Nerd Language was was kind of like hacker based. I wanted yep. a lot of the music to be 
um, blippy bloopy. Yeah, blippy bloopy, really kind of uh, glitchy and and dancey to to some extent. And I remember coming up with the kind of like some of the music. I was like, damn, you know, this reminds me of you know music that I would play as a kid, uh, stealing internet passwords using sub seven. Uh, yeah, you hacker! Yeah, you. the old, still terrible, you know, script kitty Trojan that yeah. you'd use. And I remember stealing like hundreds of passwords from people that went to my school. <laughs> I would, yeah, we would get on ICQ, and I'd be like, "Hey, look, check out this picture," and and it would be like dot exe or something. <clears throat> and they fell. Yeah, for just it. click the OK. Yeah, yeah, and and they fell for it every time. And and then I would just I'd grab their their uh, dial up passwords and then I'd store them in a text file, and I got Dang. I had free internet for probably four or five years because my mom would never she she was like nope I'm not buying you internet because um, you know back then it was like thirty dollars a month just for fifty six k, and yeah. there was no way in hell she was paying for that, uh, and so I had to steal my internet for a good four or five years. And Are you admitting to a crime right now? No. Is it no? Yes. This was necessary. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think I'm admitting. I'm definitely admitting to it. I might bleep point. all this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I, I ended up getting in trouble for it eventually. Um, um. I I slipped up at some point. Oh no. And the ISP ended up calling. You got caught. Yeah. The ISP ended up calling my my house. Oh no. And they said, look. Uh, we know that your son has been dialing in on multiple accounts. If oh, he continues shit. to do this, we are going to, you know, uh, seek legal action against yeah. him. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then she finally realized how important it was to me to just have internet. And she was like, okay, fine. Here's <laughs> here's internet. And gosh, yeah. So we never had that problem again. But the funny thing is, is that I I moved away. Uh, and went to live with my dad in Florida mm-hmm. uh, at about the age of 14, 15 years old. And I was going to high school in Fort Pierce Central. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I remember the fir- one of the first things that I did in uh, like our web programming class was they had this like security software, you know, the shitty security software. It's like, oh, you can't do that. You know, you, oh, you yeah. couldn't like download stuff. The on restrictive the software. Yeah, all the restrictive stuff. And I remember, um, wasn't really like hacker esque. It was just, just being smart, I guess. Yeah. I found just a way around it. Those. Yeah, I was. I found a way around it, and the way around it was to add. I remember this was back in the day when Outlook Express, ex- you know, still existed on oh, of course, on those yes. machines. And they didn't expect anyone to know how to set up an email address there. But what you could do is, and I had I had a, a POP3 account at the time, and okay. I, I remembered all the credentials for it. And so one day I get on the school system, and I put in my own email address and set my email address up on Outlook Express. And yep. what I did was I sent a process terminator application... <laughs> To myself as an right. attachment. Yeah. Um, to terminate the, the restrictive terminate, program. Yeah. To, so, so the thing is, is that you couldn't execute any EXE files that were on the desktop 
they had to be in a certain folder, but in order to get them into that folder, you had to have access to do that. There well, for go. some reason, the sysadmin had, had not thought that you, you could... have your own Outlook. <laughs> yeah, once you set the Outlook account up, you could then save that exe into any folder you wanted to oh it opened up the explorer the the yeah dummy yeah and so it gave me access to the folder in order to give me the permissions to execute and then i i'll never forget it was foolproof security was the name of the security software and they're like it's foolproof you know i was like bullshit (laughs) fold it got rid of it install uh installed unreal tournament did it for three other friends, and we all there you go. Were, were playing. And I'll never forget, I was helping a friend. I was showing him how to do it, and the teacher was standing right behind me watching me do it. Uh, principal's office, handcuffs. Ooh, not oh, even, my God. Not even joking, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. They had They're like, handcuffs. you're a hacker. You're, you're going yeah, oh straight yeah. to jail. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what they told me. They're like, you're going to jail for tampering with electronic equipment. Uh, oh my god, that's beautiful! You know the 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 destruction of uh, government property or whatever. You know because the schools, you know, run yeah, by the government or whatever. You were a, you were actually a terrorist cell. Yeah, actually, Thomas. Basically, that <laughs> yeah it was like ridiculous. And and my stepmom comes and she picks me up and she goes, "What happened?" I was like, "I just I just killed the process of their stupid security thing on one of the machines and installed a game so that." our friends could play and she's like that's it and and it's funny because she uh is an sql developer at the time oh okay and okay. she knew you know like yeah she wasn't stupid she no. understood how i did it you just found the back door I found the like back if door i told something it. about my mom if i told my mom like i killed the process she'd be like what game box are you talking so yeah. <laughs> it's good that yeah, your she, stepmom actually had she context knew. she knew and she was like and they are they like put you in handcuffs over there i was like That's yeah so they're going to expel ridiculous. me and she's like no they're not going to expel you that's stupid and God. they they almost I, I kid you not they almost expelled me um, oh I God. had to leave the school. I went, ended up going to another high school. Oh, my God. And the first thing that happened, you know, when you get to a new school is, like, they got to get your computer access set up so that you can. Right. You know, because that was becoming the thing. Yeah, that was becoming the thing. Like, you were going to do your math on the computer yeah. um, every day. You were going to take your lessons, and then you were going to answer the questions on the computer. And the first day I was there, I met the sysadmin to get my, my little card. Uh, yeah. To log in, and he goes, "I've heard about you." <laughs> I'm like, "You're the hacker kid." Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, "Hello, Mr. Anderson." <laughs> it's like, You've entered the yeah, matrix. Like, you on, took man. the wrong pill. It's really not that big of a deal. And so I Seriously. explained to, yeah, I explained to him. I was like, "Look, this is what happened." He goes, "Well, I just wanted to let you know, don't do that shit here at my school." Um, because I just don't want to deal with it. And he goes, "Also, one last thing." Uh, what grade are you in? I was like, 10th. He's like, okay, next year, come talk to me. We have a computer club and I want you to join. Yes. There you go. Your first connection. Yeah. And that was it. You know, like uh, it almost took me getting arrested and expelled from school completely. To join the computer club. Yeah. To join the computer club. But that, that's my, that, that's really the big, the reason why I went on that tangent is that's really what nerd language was about. I got gotcha. you. It's about, nerd language origin story. Yeah, it's it's that that hacker kid, you know, stupid idiot kid mentality of just 
Like, I don't care if I break shit. Uh, yeah. I just want to play Unreal Tournament, and I don't really care what I break in order to get it installed and play. Yeah. Um, On a school computer, I couldn't wait to go home because I don't have good internet at home. But school internet is government internet, yo. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good. On, it's on the DARPA net. Yeah, that was some fast shit. It's, it's, it was really good. It was really, really good. Yeah. Back and on the day. Back in the day, my fucking house internet was so bad. I was like, ugh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had, like, 256K DSL. Yeah. I was uh, like, single-player games only, I guess. I'll play some Myst. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, coming from a 28.8K modem. Uh, they had beefy shit in schools, like... 99 onwards it was crazy when oh, then they just I, yeah. downgraded it it was weird because then like oh yeah they i don't know upper high school yeah they threw yeah. it all out and they're like nah you get shitty stuff now yeah that's yeah that's just how it is now but yeah you know that's that's what i grew up on and i remember writing uh hacking tutorials for ostalavista.com which was an Dude. old kind of hacking uh, you you straight up hacker. Look I at lo- you. Oh man, I was doing shit through NetBIOS. I was doing you know I was doing all kinds of crazy shit that I shouldn't oh, have man. been doing, and uh, I'm pretty lucky that I wasn't getting caught doing any of the stuff. I was hacking websites you know that had oh man PHP stuff you on terror. it. Oh, I was I was absolutely horrible. Um, but I would and do see, st- I just hacked Neopets. I was like, I eh. would just, well, I would just do stupid shit. Like, I would put like a text file in there, and, and it would say like, ha ha ha, you've been hacked, <laughs> you've been hacked gotcha. by Acid Rain. But I wouldn't gotcha. like, ever mess their stuff up, you know, because right. I was, I, you know, I wasn't that kind of person. But I always did shit where I would just like throw a little text file in there. And was like, yeah, the demon of the digital world. And then inside of the text file, we're like, ha ha, you've been hacked by acid rain. Ha, you've ha. been harmlessly hacked by acid rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. But that's, There's a little tagline. That, yeah, that's what really got me into wanting to, to make kind of like the hacker music because I, I felt like that was me I mean, at some point. It's kind of part of your origin story, too. I mean, if you get if you have to move schools because you hacked a computer to play Unreal Tournament kind of feels like I feel like that's a defining wanted, moment for I, you. I feel like they were just intimidated by me and they just didn't really understand what the hell was they going on. They didn't want on. to deal with you. That's why the sysadmin at the new place was like, I don't want to deal with it. So just don't do it. Yes. Yeah, I was, you know, I was actually really, that was cool that he said that to me. He's like, look, don't do that shit. Um, Seriously. If they're yeah. just like real with you, like if you talked with the previous sysadmin, they're like, okay, how'd you get around it? Uh, she cool. Was, she was, she was just not. Nice, yeah. she wasn't nice no. and she felt really intimidated by me because well, I would sit in the class I was a dick I would sit in the class and she'd be like does anybody know what HD stands for or you know like not high definition but like HDD and it was like hard disk right. drive and I always had the answers to everything and she couldn't fucking stand it and she was like why don't you raise your hand Thomas yeah, yeah, damn she's it like, oh we got a techie in here or she would say some stuff like 1,000 bytes is, one, you know, one kilobyte. And I'm like, actually, it's 1,024. You know, I was like a real dick about it. <laughs> You're and, like, and, I'm schooling you, and she, lady. Yeah, and she was like, oh, we got a techie in here. And from that moment forward, she just couldn't stand me. Oh, yeah. She so wanted she was, you expelled. Yeah, she was looking to peg me. And that was she the did. final straw. Yeah, yeah. She, she, I 100% uh, know. Up. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, they had screenshots. <gasps> of the whole yeah they were like oh yeah because they had the screen yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they had a little yeah, screen yeah, cap yeah, thing yeah. and they they went through my system they were like here's you looking up how to get through foolproof security oh my you were God. googling this and, and they're like you were trying to figure out how to hack it and i was like 
Yeah, but you know what's funny about that is that none of those worked. <laughs> Only the one that I thought up in my head was the one that worked. That's the thing I've found is there's a lot of times where you want a solution and there'll be a lot of like, there'll be a lot of, you know, I don't know. The Out of date Stack answers. exchange. Yeah, yeah stack exchange all Stuff over like again. that. Or they're like, here's how I did it. And then you do that and it doesn't work. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it works for 1.2. This is 1.5. Like, they don't yeah. even have that option anymore. Oh, it's brilliant. But, I mean, that's great. So that's how, that's the story of Daft Punk never apologizing for stealing random access memories. They'll never know who I am. They'll never know who you are. And they'll never know who we are on the Meta podcast because uh, they're f- super famous and it's just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I think the last thing would be your like current, I've, I've seen you uploading to Bandcamp some of your own like chilled out remixes uh and just kind of like tracks for that new subnautica like icy the below zero game yeah 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 the below zero expansion um so what's going on with that yes because i've liked i like (laughs) the tracks you sent me the links to them and i checked them out on Bandcamp, and they're just like so chilled out it reminds me of there's a track from metroid prime for the GameCube called Fendrana Drifts. And it's like a icy, it's the ice world basically. And it's like instantly when you're in that world, it does like a cool, like synth, like, like it does a synth wind. Yeah. Yeah. It's got breezy and it just, it, it like makes you colder. And when a song can make you colder, I feel like that's just, you're, you're doing it right. And your tracks for your chilled out remixes for sub zero. I was like, these are these are snowy i like them yeah that's i definitely went for something like that uh the interesting story behind those was you know we talked about this before a little bit i think but i think i was making them right around that time too um yeah i think you might have put out one or you were about to so i think we we touched on them yeah yeah i I, well i made the the first two um, I made as part of a resume to send to Unknown Worlds. I'd worked with them before on NS2, gotcha, gotcha. and I worked on Combat, which they published. And, uh, you know, my good friend Simon, um, he was fired from, from Unknown Worlds. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were looking for a new sound designer and a new composer. And I was like, well, wow, you know, <laughs> what better fit than, than I? And so, you know, I was told to, to apply for the position by a few people there at the company. And they're like, yeah, there you, you, go, you yeah. got you got this, you know, like we know who you are. This is this is a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And so um, <clears throat> I was told uh, by a friend, uh, hey, you should make a couple tracks in the style of below zero. Like what would, you know, like an upbeat track sound like and what would a really chill track sound like? Yeah. And so I made Frozen in Time, which was the super chill one. Yeah. And then I made uh, Below Zero, which kind of built on the previous soundtrack, but had kind of a Below Zero aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And I sent those along with my resume. And it was like I never even sent it in. Like I, I totally like fell through the cracks. Um, I don't think yeah. that they even realized that I was a sound designer. Um, but that's OK. You know, I didn't I didn't get the position or whatever. So uh, I was pretty sad about it, um, and so like 
I was like, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to release the tracks for free. I'm going to put them on my YouTube. Um, I'm going to put them on Bandcamp. Nobody's going to listen to them. It, it is what it is. But I just want it out there, you know, like, yeah. here's my fuck you, you know, like for not hiring me. I'm right. going to release it for free, you know, like this is my property and I'm going to, I don't know. A scourge upon yeah, your houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, I'll show you. I'll release the music that was already free for free. <laughs> But, you know, I was, like, super yeah. salty about not getting the position. But, right. Um, That's how I put, it goes. I, yeah, I put them on YouTube, and I put them on Bandcamp, and a month went by, and it was, like, you know, maybe 15, 20 views. And yeah. another month went by, and it was, like, 30 or 40. And I was like, shit, you know, that's that's cool. Yeah. And then something happened, and then the third month went by, and it was getting, I think Below Zero was getting a thousand views every other day. Shit. And it's yeah. sitting at, I think right now it's sitting anywhere from like maybe 18 or 19,000 listens right now Holy on YouTube. Fuck. Another 5,000 on SoundCloud. There's no telling how many on Bandcamp. That's crazy. And so I was like, okay, people like this. <laughs> uh, maybe I should just do a whole like what if i was this the the composer <laughs> what if the thomas yeah. luke version what if i actually got the job and i got to do the the music for it and so i just you know was like yeah I, you know what i'm going to pretend like i got the job and i'm just going to make the music for the game the a sides instead yeah. of the b side yeah and and so i did and so i made four tracks um you know, Below Zero, uh, Frozen in Time, Die Peacefully, and there's another one called Sanctuary that I just released. Tight, And tight. I think between all all four of them, there's anywhere from, I think, 23 to, to 29, maybe 31,000. That's so crazy. I feel like right place, right time. Right yeah, there. I really, I really, 100%, I think that's what it was. Because um, it's know, super in the zeitgeist right now. I've, I've seen ads specifically yeah. for... Like here's the expansion for Subnautica. With yeah, ben that's Crunchy. that's absolutely yeah. that's absolutely what it was. It was right time yeah. and right place, and I think it also, I mean, um, right music. Oh you know, yeah, like the Definitely. music had to be good, but it was also like I think everything just kind of lined up perfectly. Yeah. And now you know people are listening to a lot of my other music, and and that's beginning to get attention. So just below Purgatory is getting you know a lot more traffic there you go. Yeah. for Sun. Everybody's like, you know, when are you going to release some more Subnautica music? Or, um, Dude, that's really rad. I yeah, mean, since then, that's some new fans for you right <laughs> off the bat. Oh, I love it. You know, the subscriber count's gone up dramatically. I'm, I'm just very humbled about it. Um, but one of the, the big issues that now that I've had to face, and it's an interesting problem to have, is that people are stealing the music and then just kind of re-uploading it to their channel Oh yeah! And Welcome then, to and, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh hey, oh you, oh you want to be a partner? Well, okay, here you go. You're gonna have to DMCA about ten videos of them basically getting thousands of views off of your music, yep. re-uploading it and putting their watermark on it and saying that it's theirs. <clears throat> yep. And here's the thing. At first, I was really pissed off about it. I was like, man, how could someone do that? You know, like that's bullshit. And <laughs> And then like I and then I was like, wait a second, hold on. Two months ago, nobody was even listening to this shit. Now they're ripping you off. Yeah, it's like slow your roll, dude. 
Like, be humble, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And so, I, I, like, I stopped and I was like, yeah, I was still upset about it. You know, like, you never want to see, you know, the stuff that you put your hard work and effort no, into just that be sucks. stolen. But, but at the same time, it's like, well, at least I, it's a good problem to have, right? Because if people are liking it and people feel that, that it's, it's needs to be stolen, then it, it's worth, <laughs> it's worth something, right? It's yeah. worth something. It's some so kind good. Of I think I did it. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm, I'm ha- on one hand, I'm really happy that people are, are, are loving the music. On the other hand, I'm, I'm sad that, um, a lot of these other videos have gotten thousands of views that could have probably potentially helped get yeah. me a YouTube partnership, which means I could have monetized the videos and maybe made, you know, $5. Couple buckaroos. You know, like a pack of gum, you know, some Trident layers or something off of hey, it. Hey, but for, from YouTube, like, that's pretty good. Right, yeah, I mean. They send hey, you a big YouTube buck, and you're like, oh, it's as where, good where as Where I spend this, and they're like, you, you just buy other YouTube shit with the, with, you know, it's like one of those things. It's good for of, one YouTube Red subscription, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's their own currency that you can spend on their own stuff. Yeah, it's, you it buy no minutes of watch time, I think. Yeah, yeah, it has no actual monetary value. Mm-hmm. You just think mm-hmm. it does. You're in the YouTube store now. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. You're in. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I'm happy. I'm happy that the music's picking up. I'm happy that people are taking, um, they're noticing. And, yeah. And so. It sucks that they're, I mean, like they're totally just ripping it off. There's never like a, just re-uploaded and this is Thomas Loop. Here's his YouTube. Like it's always just like, fuck you. This is mine. Here's yeah, me. I'm some people were nice enough to, to say, you know, like, this was composed by Thomas Loop. And yeah. I was like, well, I appreciate that, but, like, I don't want you to re-upload the whole track. Right. Like, it if you really want to remix any, it. It's already there. Yeah. If you, yeah, it's like, why wouldn't you just go to my channel to listen? Like, you can remix it, you know, yeah. like, add a new You, you already to went it. to the trouble of ripping it. Why are you just yeah. re-uploading it now with a lower latency? And, like, it's, you know, at it's least not do even something, as good. You know, do something to it. You know, remix it in <laughs> yeah. some way, and then you're you're good. You and know, it's like, I'm modified. not that strict yeah. about it. Just don't rip it for exactly what it is and then just re-upload it like come on don't be lazy do something with it uh do yeah. do a video of you playing subnautica and then it's it's fair game you know like there you, you go I'll even, yeah. I'll even let that pass oh and that then, would be cool too because then you have the like your soundtrack to the game oh, like it's perfect i hope that doesn't piss off the actual subnautica uh, ben prunty I, I hope that doesn't he he seems like a cool guy i think he, He'll be fine. I, yeah, I, I think he sh- he'll be fine. I he'll hope, be fine. I just I hope I don't. I hope I'm not Hit him stepping up. Be on like, his hey, toe. I don't yeah, mean I to like be stepping yeah, on your maybe toes. Maybe I should. Maybe I should be like, hey, man, sorry if if like my shit's caused some <laughs> some problems for you or will cause <laughs> problems for you in the future. Just, I mean, just because it's so popular, I think people are actually believing to some extent that that's the real Subnautica Below Zero soundtrack. Since it's not out yet. Yeah, yeah, it's not out yet. So they don't, they're like, well, this is it. It's called Below Zero. The song's called Below Zero. It's got to be it. Uh, he's it's worked real. for Unknown Worlds before. This is, you know. So yeah. I, I can only imagine that that Ben's probably like, you know, like <laughs> I haven't even released fist. the first song yet. You know, like... Stupid kids. Yeah, I but, only just got the job. God, guys. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would. Uh, you know, if I could, and I have tried, and I've succeeded in some cases to contact some of these these YouTubers doing this, and said, "Hey, look, um, I have a link on my site. Here's the things that that like I allow 
Um, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you want to use the music for stuff, it either needs to be transformative or, you know, like it can be like you playing a game and then you can use it as an intro or an outro. Like, yeah. just don't use the whole song and then that be the the entertainment that you're the sole entertainment that you're providing. Yeah, exactly. Track. Like I probably have played. I've probably edited in a few clips from the Subnautica thing in this episode when we were talking about it. So, oh yeah, that's, just for context, that, I probably that, already did that in the future. In the future, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's exactly what it's for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, that's the thing because it's context in this. We're, I'm literally talking to you, so of course it makes sense to play your music. Either way. Yeah, well, I I'm, think I'm, just, I'm blown away. You know, I'm, I'm blown yeah, away. Yeah, I think that's super great. And that definitely hadn't happened when we first talked. Oh, like, no. It no, was a very no different way. conversation that we were having. And, you yeah. know, I still feel to some extent like it's hard, you know? Oh, it, it, it really is. And I really do want to reiterate that part of it is that it's not easy to. No, I feel make like that you... stuff and, and, and like just be like, yeah, I'm there. This is it. I've made it. Yeah. Like, most of us don't ever feel that way, even if we do make it. And most of us don't ever get there. Yeah. Um, it cycles back to just like. You just got to be happy. You just, with, you have to try. Like, that's you have to just. to try to be happy. You just have to try. And that's the best that we can do at any moment in time is just try. <laughs> yep. That's, and I think that that's just the way, you know, um, a healthy amount of of kind of the negativity and a healthy amount of the positivity. Um, I think that's life. Friends, friends definitely have helped me out with that a lot too. They've they've been able to provide me a perspective where um, I'm less obsessed about what people around me, how successful they are, and more obsessed. I feel like with, that's a that's good. That's yeah. It's a horrible. It's a horrible yeah. thing to to be doing. Yeah. Um, is to Comparis- and- comparing one another's full stop is usually a good way to just go down a hole of negativity and you're just like, well, it gives you a good them goal. and them. And yeah, exactly. You've I, got a it, goal, it's but hard to never get there. You know, yeah, it's hard to you're... balance the positive part of comparing yourself to somebody else. That's, that's just it. Exactly. Just to like the base level of they're yeah, better than just... me. They're worse than me yeah. either way. Yeah. There's too much negativity. Um, without enough positivity to make that feel like that's worth it in the end. Yeah. And it, it took me a really long time. It's taken me nine years to finally realize that the reason I'm as good as I am at what I do now is because I thought that way, but I was never happy. Yeah. But now it's, it's kind of the other way around. Right is now I have I have the skills that I've learned from not yeah. being satisfied with my own work that I've I've worked on it until I felt happy with being able to create. Yeah. Um, but now I'm kind of stepping back and, and instead of comparing my music to other artists' music, uh, I either just use it as a source of inspiration for creating something similar or Definitely. you know something different, or just saying you know they're better than me. Um, like they've, they've got, they've got it and that's great. And I could learn a lot from them and just kind of take that as a learning experience more than taking it so much to heart on just not being adequate enough. Um, so yeah. now I'm learning to be happy. 
Yeah. Because you know? it's like you it's like you ended up pushing yourself over a limit to where the work you were doing was again never going to be never going to live up to your exceedingly high expectations. Yeah. Yeah, that's that you exactly had set it. for yourself and you were finally just like, oh, right, I, I set those expectations. Like I can, I can give myself some leeway, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is like, if you, if you sit and compare yourself to, 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 you know, big names out there, you can never really kind of judge your own progress along the way. But if you look back at some of the earlier tracks that I've, I've done, uh, they sound horrible. Like the first <laughs> album I ever released, I, know, I, don't, I still don't know to this day why it's still available for purchase. It's absolutely horrible. But, I mean, I kept it there because I wanted to remind myself, like, this is where you were. And now, It's like a milestone. You, you yeah. have it there tangibly to mark progress. It's great. It's yeah. great that you have uh, something that you can look back on and be like, I'm not happy with this and then move on. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I did. Like I, I re- have refused for 10 years to remove this album, um, from being able to be purchased from streams, most, cetera, yeah, streams yeah. and stuff. And it, it's literally just there to remind me. <laughs> it's just for you that, yeah, it's really there just for me, just to remind me of like, you hear this shit? You didn't even mix this. Like you didn't even know what mixing was. Uh, uh, mastering? What is that? You know, that's so. Funny. You know, you just like put some patterns in a DAW and then exported it as an MP3 and thought you were hot shit. And now today, it's kind of like I'm making music for you know video games. I'm doing OSTs. I'm you know yeah. doing the Subnautica kind of fan unofficial OST thing. Yeah. You know, just below Purgatory is going to be coming out with an album which is like Tight. my metal side project. Yeah. So exciting. I, I'm You're learning brewing to, stuff. Yeah, it's man, great. I'm learning to live and I'm learning to be happy. And that's, that's it. That's all you holy can ask shit, for. What an awakening. It, it just like, I, I, it's really hard to, to like say that. And I, I, I guess a lot of people just don't go through it to that degree. But you just pressure yourself so much to be good at what you do because that's the only way that you're going to get work. And you just do that until you just like you hate yourself. You're not happy with anything. And then eventually you're just like, look, I can't. Got to backpedal. Yeah, I can't. I can't live like this anymore. This is killing me like I'm creating good music, but I can't even I don't even want to listen to it because I just. I'm not right, happy. Painful. Yeah, yeah, I'm not happy with anything. Like I can't even smile or be happy about anything. Yeah, and it's so like, it's great that you're working towards quite the opposite. In that yeah, regard. I have been working on it a lot even since we last talked. I'm sure you can tell. Um, there's definitely been a big change in in my attitude about things, and I'm just again I'm very thankful for Brian and Aubrey for giving me a chance uh, to work on MTA uh, when. I was applying to lots of different places and they were just like, yeah, you know, uh, no thanks. No thanks. I was getting a lot of no thanks. Yeah, and, I feel you. And then Aubrey and Brian came along and said, hey, we know that you're good at what you do. We're going to give you a shot. And so I'm just, I'm super blown away by everyone, just uh, especially recently, just I'm kind of getting that happiness and I'm feeling that maybe I am good at what I do. There you go. Reinforce that feeling. Right. right. I'm getting that reinforcement now. And I feel like 
um, I, I feel happy. You know, I feel, and I think that even if things were to go back to the way they were, I have this to look back upon. You know, I have, I have I another guess milestone. Say, yeah, I have, I have the glory days. I guess you know, like oh, I remember the day when my <laughs> videos get were getting a thousand views a day. You know, and and but there's something there to say that I feel like people appreciated my music, and yeah, I feel like I've inspired a lot of people. And that's all I've ever wanted to do was just create something that I was inspired to create that would hopefully inspire others to create stuff. And I'm seeing it it on. Yep. I'm seeing it already. So um, mission accomplished, I think. Well, I am super glad to talk to you in your glory days. But let's be real. It's naive of me to say the only like you can only go up from here. Like, I understand, as you said before, like, life is a seesaw. You have your ups, your downs, yada, yada. Like, it's, it's it's good, bad. That's just life. But I'm happy to be on this show with you just talking. And I hope that whoever listens to this also checks out your music and any upcoming stuff. Because to me, you're a super interesting dude. And I've enjoyed all the music you've put out. Um and we'll continue to because you know like Bandcamp emails me about your like releases and stuff when you upload them there, and I'm just excited to listen to more stuff that you're putting out. And I'll probably go check out the YouTube stuff now because I think I only checked out the two when you had linked them to me. So the fact that you've put out some more in the meantime means that I'm like behind now on some sweet Thomas Loop tunes. That, that'll be that'll be a first. Usually I'm the one that's behind on releasing stuff, and, and you know. This guy, I, f- well, the fact that we postponed this episode like months beyond the first yeah, recording session, you've been a busy you get guy it. yourself, yeah. Life comes at you fast. Oh yeah. So with sure. that, I think we'll call it an episode. It was great talking with you again. It's I hope people a enjoy this episode. If not, I don't really fucking care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they can they can go listen to some Chris Gaines. They could go listen to some Chris Gaines, and guess what? I'm not gonna make fun of them. For doing that, but hey maybe man, he's I should. a millionaire. <laughs> maybe I should. It's a little outdated. Not, not it's a only, little outdated. Look, not only is Garth Brooks a millionaire, but Chris Gaines is also a millionaire. Chris Gaines gained mi- uh, millions of dollars, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he all, he, I mean, so. So there we are. This has been the Meted Podcast. You can check us out on Twitter, Meted Podcast, or iTunes, or whatever the fuck. Either way. Thanks for listening. You've been meted. Bye. See ya.